in the summer, uh, we're starting here, first Sunday in, in uh, summertime, and we're going to look at a different series, more of hopefully be able to help you know uh, how to, in a way, uh, share your faith, but also be discipled. Um, we're looking at situations where, I guess you can call them divine appointments, where God visits you in an incredible way and gives you, equips you to be able to serve Him in an incredible way. Uh, so we're looking at divine appointments and discipleship this summer. First half of the summer, we're going to be looking more at the divine appointments, and then, of course, the discipleship part of it in the second half of the summer. It's basically all about making and maturing disciples. And uh, here at uh, Happy Valley, we are a people who are committed to following Jesus. And every follower of Jesus is called to be a witness of His grace and a disciple of His ways. So we should be pretty interested about this, ready to learn more about these things. You know, among our recently created core values, we have stated uh, that we value spiritual growth. And that spiritual growth, uh, what we value is living a holy life through disciplined and intentional growth. That we, that we value how we can intentionally grow in God, seeking His face, studying His Word, and, uh, and, and look, looking to His Word, what it means to live a holy life. And uh, so spiritual growth is one that we, we value highly here at Happy Valley. Also, another thing we value here at Happy Valley is evangelism, sharing our faith with others. We value spreading that good news of Jesus Christ. And since we, we have these values, uh, some of these core values of, of, the, of the nine value, core values that we have here at Happy Valley, I trust that we will be interested in this summer series on divine appointments and discipleship. Um, this series is going through the summer, of course, like I said, but it's going to break for a couple things. So, of course, for Father's Day, and we'll look at a different message there. And then the Sunday following Father's Day, we're going to have Christina McBride coming to visit with us uh, with World Gospel Mission. And uh, uh, she's working at uh, McAllen, Texas there on the border. And then the second Sunday in July, uh, we are going to hear from a, a gentleman who is uh, originally from Liberia, and he's going to have a, uh, give us an African gospel concert. And he is a gentleman that is blind, but he loves music, and he plays music wonderfully as well. The band is going to join in on a couple songs with that too. And so we're going to be practicing. And Jake, what? <laughs> Jake's like, what? <laughs> and uh, anyway, that's going to be happening on the second Sunday of July. Uh, Lasana Kane is his name. And then in the first Sunday of August, i going to give you kind of highlights of the summer series that we're doing. Um, Bart Maley from Wycliffe Associates is going to come and uh, join with us and speak to us about not only ministries that are going on, he's, he's involved with, with water and well ministries, but he's also, I trust, going to be able to share his personal testimony of what's been going on in his life and uh, the struggles and the difficulties that he's faced and how God has brought him through that and continues to equip him and bring him through those things. Uh, the, the first Sunday in September when we come back from our, uh, our camp out, um, the 8th is what it is uh, on September, we're going to have Brian Cushman with us too with World Gospel Mission. He's uh, ministering with Hispanic ministries in the United States. So that's kind of the lineup for the summer that we're having. And in between times, we're going to be looking at the divine appointments and uh, discipleship. So divine appointments. 
God wants us to speak to us, and he, he wants to speak to us, and then through us to reach others. And those divine appointments that happen give us those opportunities. So in the next uh, 10 minutes or so, I'm going to give you a brief look at this, and then we'll pick it up again for, for the rest of the summer. So we got all summer to look at these things, so I'm not, I'm not concerned or worried. But uh, have you ever had a call drop of reception on your cell phone before? You're in a different area, uh, kind of ge geographically, it's just not great for reception. Every time we go to Becky's parents' place, that place is awful for cell phone reception. Uh, they've done some things at their house to try to get that going. But there were times when I would call my dad for Thanksgiving or Christmas, and I'd have to configure or contort myself in a way to make sure that I didn't you know, uh, lose the call. The best place to go, though, was the back bedroom. I'd always go back there, and for some reason, it was the best reception back there. And also, too, in their driveway, usually where our car was parked, I'd always be right in front of our car, just talking, leaning on the car. And Thanksgiving, Christmas, not very warm outside, and not very dry at times, too, so that was a little difficult. But uh, sometimes we go through all kind of contortions to try to help uh, the reception get better. If you're on a hike somewhere, you're, you're doing this type of thing, hold your phone up and look and see what the reception is, and all those things. But uh, I, I, just, I just remember that at times, uh, as far as uh, uh, dropping calls, 20 years ago when we had our cell phones down in Salem, our place down there was not a great place either for cell phone usage. And, you know, 20 years ago, I guess cell phone usage wasn't uh, uh, that great as far as reception, but uh, it's gotten a lot better since then. But we need also, too, to have a, a great spiritual reception uh, so that we can hear God speaking clearly to us. And whatever it takes, whatever we need to do, we need to get ourselves in that situation, in that position, to be able to hear from God. Now, we know that God has spoken through His Word and through prophets and preachers. And while we believe that He speaks directly to us, do we really hear from God on an individual basis? We come to church and God speaks to us in a service, uh, but maybe during your personal devotional life, are you listening for God speaking to your heart? Are you taking time to be still and be quiet before Him in that way? God wants to communicate with us, both to strengthen our relationship with Him and to reach those around us. And if He takes the time to speak, we should make the effort to listen and obey as we see in the story of the, this young guy named Samuel. If you haven't yet, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. We're going to look at the first, uh, well, actually, we'll look at the first 19 verses, but we'll probably focus on 10 through 19 as well. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to read all of it. I think we'll look at verses, verse 10 on. But in verses, the first nine verses, we see God getting Samuel's attention, right? He God speaks, and Samuel's like, oh, and he goes to Eli, yes, you called me? And Eli's, no, 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 go back to bed. He goes back to bed. Three times that happened. And on the third time, finally, Eli goes, whoa, wait, <laughs> okay, why don't you go back, and now you let God know, here I am, speak, your servant is listening. And so Eli figured it out. Uh, God is trying to get Samuel's attention. So here we have him, pick it up in verse 10. It says, the, the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. 
For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice or offering. Samuel lay down until morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What, has, what was it he said to you? Eli asked. Do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. And the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up, and he let none of, the, of Samuel's words fall to the ground. So what can we learn about God's communication to us? Let me share with you three things that we can learn from here really briefly. First of all, that God often speaks to unprepared people. God often speaks to unprepared people. Samuel didn't expect to hear from God because he was only a child, only a servant. He did know Eli's voice and would obey it, but he assumed that if God had something important to say, he would tell it to Eli, and then Eli would act on it. So Samuel didn't think he needed to hear anything like that. But even though the boy was in close proximity to God, and this is very interesting, even though, even though Samuel was close in proximity to God, uh, he didn't recognize God's voice. You know, it's very interesting and kind of odd to me about that. Near to God, but not really recognizing God's voice. Uh, you know, there's people in our lives like that, too. That they come to church or they do the things that they're supposed to be doing, but they just really don't understand what it means to have a relationship with Jesus. And that's where we come in and we go, hey, let me tell you. And we become a discipler to that person. We help them along. We, we walk along with them and let them see what it means to be a, a follower of Christ. So Sam, because Samuel was obedient and uh, responded to the call, he, he did this even though he didn't know who it was. It was very interesting. Eli was able to guide Samuel into the conversation with God. So Samuel didn't know exactly who, you know, what was going on here, but he trusted Eli, and he was in, in obedience to Eli, but also too ready to do whatever God was going to tell him to do. This is what happens in discipleship or mentoring, when you have an Eli in your life to come alongside and help you understand, this is God speaking to you. This is what God is saying to you. You better listen. You better listen to these things. Those people who can come along and help us recognize God's leading in our lives, God's direction and guidance in our lives. It's so important to have a mentor, someone who helps us in our Christian walk. And I trust you have somebody like that, or you have had someone like that in your life. Someone, though, that you can go to if you have questions, uh, going through difficult times, you can contact that person. You got their cell phone number ready to go. It's equally important also, too, to be that mentor in someone's life as well. If you have been mentored and you have come through all that and you're continuing to learn still, but you can also come alongside someone else. See, we're discipled to be disciples and also to disciple other people. And so that's how it kind of works. And within our church body, if that continues on that way, we'll have people continuing to grow in Christ and, and multiplying um, that Christian walk. 
Samuel didn't know God very well, but God knew him, and God called him by name, and God knows our name, even if we don't know his voice. So God often speaks to unprepared people. Another observation here is that God often speaks at unpredictable times. It is not uncommon for God to communicate to us during times of worship and service. During a time of, 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 of singing, God might be speaking to your heart. And that's understandable. During times of, of prayer, obviously God is speaking to your heart. During time of, of the preaching of the message, God's speaking to your heart. But God is also speaking at other times as well. He may speak to you while driving to and from work. He may speak to you while you're doing your yard work or your housework at home. He might also be speaking to you right in the middle of the night, waking you up. And God spoke to Samuel during the dark of the night as well. And he was going to, you know, he, was, he was sleeping, woke him up. But it was also during a spiritual dark time in Israel. If you look back in, in uh, verse 1 of this same chapter, it says the messages from God were rare and visions were uncommon. So it was a very dark time. And we're hearing from God a lot. God it just didn't feel like God was was leading very much. So God often speaks to unprepared people at unpredictable times. And finally, also to God often speaks with an unpopular message. <laughs> if God reveals a difficult truth, he has a reason. God revealed the dark message to Samuel regarding Eli. And you can read more about that as well around the, uh, those chapters before and after. But he was preparing the young man for a lifetime of communication. In one evening of young Samuel's life, he, was, he has learned firsthand that God not only, not only calls his children, but has now learned how challenging that call can be. In a nutshell, God revealed to Samuel that because of the sin in Eli's family, and devastation was sure to follow. The devastation, again, is detailed in chapter 4 of 1 Samuel. It includes the slaughter of some 30,000 Israelites, as well as the Ark of the Covenant being taken by the Philistines, and Eli's two sons being killed. It's quite easy to understand that a revelation from God like this would be pretty difficult for a young man like Samuel to deliver to his spiritual mentor. Think about that. Someone in your life that you look up to spiritually, and God has told you, give this message to this person, and it's not a great message. It's, it's bad news. Put yourself in Samuel's sandals, knowing that what had been revealed to you by God must be shared. You can't skip it. And each of us has a choice to respond to God's calling in our life as well. Samuel chose to go through with, the, with sharing this revelation with Eli after some persuasion from Eli as well. If God had given Samuel a less threatening revelation, I'd imagine that Samuel probably would have sighed in relief and delivered the news easily. In this instance, however, God's call included a challenge. And God asked Samuel to step up to the plate, and Samuel went to bat, and he delivered the difficult message to Eli. Chances are that in our life, while we serve God, we will be faced with some sort of challenge as we listen to God's call on our life. Maybe it will be a call to give something up. Maybe it will be a call that includes moving from one location to another. Maybe God's call on our life will be to deliver a difficult message of confrontation for a friend's life. The question shouldn't be whether God will challenge us, but rather when, when that will happen. And then, the real question, how will we respond? 
If we can learn early in our life to anticipate the challenges that come with following Christ, we can better prepare to face the difficulty with integrity as well as with courage. God promises to never leave or forsake us as we seek to put Him first. And that promise should ignite our willingness to face the challenges and difficulties that come with following Him. Our faith should increase knowing that God is leading the way and that anything He has called us to do will be met with His wisdom and His power to do whatever it is He asks. During Samuel's ministry, he would deliver both good and bad news from God to everyone from shepherds as well as the kings. He was faithful to God's message because he knew he could trust that God's word is always true. Through this experience, he learned that he must accept God's word even if it seems unacceptable. If we dislike and are unfaithful to God's message, it won't change his purposes. God's purpose is going to remain. But what it will undermine our relationship with him. Just check out the failures of Eli and the successes of Samuel and determine whether it is worth it or not to, to go up to the challenge that God has for us. We can't speak for God until we hear from God. So we should develop a lifestyle of listening to God. Obedience is the fast track to hearing from God. So let me challenge you with uh, three things here and uh, trust that we can maybe put these things into practice somehow this week. Learn how to recognize God's voice by spending time with those who know God. You got those people in your life. Spend some time with them. Take, take them out to lunch. Go to breakfast with them. Somehow be able to spend time with them who, who, who recognize God's voice, able to speak uh, that type of thing into, into your life, direction of God's leading. Another thing you do is expect God to speak in the quiet times. So when you have alone time, ask Him to speak to you. The key, of course, is to have that quiet time. There's so much to, that this world keeps us moving on and, and we can get dizzy with all the busyness that we're involved with. Take time out. Spend some quiet time with God and expect God to speak to you during those times. And, and thirdly, when you hear God's word, believe it and act on it. When you hear from him, believe it and act on it. Trust him. Trust him. Remember, God will initiate the conversation regardless of your position in life or your previous relationship with Him. He speaks to us because He wants to begin something in us. Also, remember, God may speak to you when He won't have to compete with the noise in your life and has your undivided attention. So, provide those moments. Moments of undivided attention. And also, remember, God will not always tell us what we want to hear but He will always give us the truth we need, and often the truth someone else needs as well. So be ready for that. God's apparent silence does not mean He doesn't have anything to say. He may just be looking for someone who will listen. So if, if God were to speak to you, what do you think He specifically would want to talk about with you? What is it that God might want to speak to you about? 
If we truly believe that God speaks to his people, how much do we live in the desire to really hear from him? Do we desire that? Do we want to do those things? In your spiritual journey this week, start taking the steps toward a heart that desires great spiritual reception with your heavenly Father. God wants to speak to you. The question is, are you ready to listen? I'm going to invite the worship team to come on up. They're going to lead us in a couple songs. I trust that the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart in some way, and if He has and you need to come to the altar and pray, the altar is going to be open for you to be able to do that. Just obey God in this. It's between you and Him.